I'm Liam Senior, this is Tom Lockney. Tom, Jesus Christ, this is the this is the this is the theme. This is gonna be the theme of the podcast and you are singing over it. Never This is Media Majors. Hello and welcome to another episode of Media Majors. Live from a apocalypse bunker that we built out of an old school bus and another old school bus. Y'all, we're we're gonna try so hard to be funny. But if this episode is not up to comedic snuff, please forgive us because Donald Trump was just elected as president. Yep. We are all very worried. We are worried, but we are going to move forward, which is the most privileged white thing to say, but... We're going to try to make your life uh, easy in the only way we can by joking about cum. Yep. Yep. (laughs) Meanie Majors is a storytelling podcast. Honestly, it's a it's now it's a cum based podcast. Yeah, it's a, it's it's a storytelling themed cum podcast. <laughs> um, I'm Liam Senior. I like movies and TV, and I love my family and friends a lot. Yeah, and I'm Tom Lockney, and I like the internet and video game culture, uh, but only when it's tangential to cum. Yeah. Yes, I also love my friends and my family. Which is, I was gonna say, that's also seventy percent of the internet. <laughs> Is tangential to come. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So. Liam. Yeah. It sounds like uh, you're. you're October going to- 11th. Oh, Jesus fucking Christ. 1975. Saturday Night Live premiered its first episode. Saturday Night Live is a sketch show created by Lorne Michaels, who was a writer on um, Dick- Rowan and Martin's Laughing. I was about to say Dick Martin's Laughing, which is one of the guys. Uh. He basically was like, hey, I know all these funny Second City people. I'm going to put them on TV, and there's going to be sketches and music. Um, although, uh, and as someone who, as a kid, adored the show, it's pretty crappy most of the time. Yeah, I'm not a, I'm not a big SNL guy. Everybody, Everybody's always like, oh, check out last night's episode. It was so funny, and it barely gets a chuckle out of me. So I'm going to say this season has actually uh, been very strong, and it's because they have a st- Dacked writer's room right now. So yeah, its first season was pretty wonky. It featured uh, lots of stand-up from the host that wouldn't appear in the show. <laughs> yeah, they wouldn't be in sketches. It's, the first episode, it's like 25 minutes of George Carlin doing stand-up. Wow, that's um, super really strange, bizarre. right? And then yeah. also like Andy Kaufman singing Mighty Mouse, so which is one of the best things that's ever done. That's the thing is, yeah, I'd say ten, like 20% of SNL. 15% of SNL is great. Lonely Island stuff, uh, yeah. Norm MacDonald. Anyways, um, but yeah, it, it's, it's kind of struggled. And, and by, I'd, say, I'd say by like three or four years in, it figured out what it wanted to be. Since the first show, there have been 12 celebrities that have been banned from appearing ever again. Oh, oh, yes. I know one of them, and I'm so excited for you to tell me about well, it. Well, I'm going to tell you. Well, we'll, we'll you'll, all right. Some of them are not interesting stories. Charles Grodin and Luis Lasser, their uh, old school actors, uh, were just unrehearsed and ad-libbed a lot. Grodin didn't go to rehearsals and was just kind of a dick, and Lasser yeah. was having a very emotional week for other problems. So it was just poor timing. Uh, some of them were fucking badass musical performances, whether it's uh, Sinead O'Connor ripping up the picture of the Pope. <laughs> of John Paul II. Fight the real enemy. Oh, so that's cool. The most punk rock thing that's ever been done on cable television. Easily, easily. And like and uh, not not the subject of our story today, but deserves to be mentioned for how fucking badass. Even though she's yeah. a Yeah, she's great. Um or Elvis Costello, who started to play uh, a song that his label wanted to before going, ah, no, screw this. I'm Elvis Costello, I am. Radio, radio. <laughs> and it's awesome. And he would later do that again on a, a like special anniversary episode. He would be asked back from the show, and he interrupted the Beastie Boys, and then they all started playing Radio Radio together. Because mm-hmm. um, fun fact, the Beastie Boys were actually a punk band when they first started. Uh, yeah. they, all three of them play traditional instruments, as well as sampling. Uh, some of them were just plain rude people. Steven Seagal, Robert Blake, and Milton Berle, who will talk... Oh, man, are we going to talk about Milton Berle in the future? 
Goody. Uh, Steven Seagal, Robert Blake, and Milton Berle were all total assholes to the cast and crew, refusing to play by the rules, throwing scripts at writers' faces, completely writing their own stuff and upstaging everyone because they had a shitty sketch show that was one of the first things on television but weren't actually funny, just coasted on being a vaudeville star. Milton Berle, I hate you. Wow. And then some of them were uneasy. Martin Lawrence went on a weird anti-women rant started by a thing about feminine hygiene that just made everyone uncomfortable. Some of them we're going to talk about later on, specifically Andy Kaufman and Chevy Chase. Oh, I've heard a bunch about Chevy Chase. Fuck that guy. Yeah. And then there's Adrian Brody. What did Adrian do? I'm so excited you don't know what he did. What? Adrian Adrian Brody was born on April 14th, 1973 in New York City. He was He's a magi- the most slight-looking actor. He was a magician working. as a child. Taking acting classes by age 13, he appeared in an off-Broadway play and PBS television film. After appearing in Bullet with Tupac Shakur and Mickey Rourke in 1996, Brody hovered on the br- Brody hovered on the brink of stardom, receiving an Independent Spirit Award nomination for his role in the 1998 film Restaurant, and later praised for his roles in Spike Lee's Summer of Sam and Terrence Malick's The Thin Red Line. See, I know him from King Kong. That was the first time that like Adrian Brody entered my sphere of awareness. Oh, I love the King Kong movie. I love it. It's just monkeys and dinosaurs fighting each other. Naomi Watts is really pretty. And oh, Jack yeah, yeah. Black is in it. It was perfect. I loved it. It's so long. It's like a million years long, but yeah. it's so great. What's up, Peter Jackson? Andy Serkis. It's me, Andy Serkis. Forget <laughs> getting any... For- you gotta put me, Andy Serkis, in a bunch of ping pong balls. I can do anything <laughs> in ping pong balls. What do you want? A wheel of cheese? A wheelbarrow with a face on it? Thomas the Tank Engine smoking methamphetamines? Andy Serkis can bring it to you. Uh, he received Adrian Brody, not Andy Serkis, <laughs> received widespread recognition when he was cast as the lead in Roman Polanski's The Pianist from 2002. Mm. To prepare for the role... For his bro- giant penis. Yeah. Pre- to prepare for the role, Brody attached another person's penis on his penis to make his penis twice his penis. Now... Mark uh, Wahlberg. Mark Wahlberg is mad that he got the Emmy stolen for biggest penis from Boogie Nights. Uh, that was a prosthetic. Oh, I know. Biggest fake penis. It's big. Biggest fake penis award. If there, hang on a second. If there has ever been a movie moment that has summed up an actor perfectly m- more than Mark Wahlberg jerking off a weird gray penis. penis, going, "I'm a star. I'm a star. I'm a star." <laughs> I, I don't know what it is. Yeah. I like to live my life like my favorite Mark Wahlberg character. And that's why I got kicked out of school for jacking off in the middle of class saying, I'm a star. I'm a star, dad. <laughs> so that's fun. To prepare for the role in The Pianist, Brody withdrew for months, gave up his apartment and his car, broke up with his then girlfriend, learned how to play Chopin on the piano, and lost 29 pounds. The role won him an Academy Award for Best Actor, making him, at 29, the youngest actor ever to win the award. And to date, the only winner under 30. 30 years after he was born, he would host SNL with musical guest Sean Paul. You see, on SNL, right before the musical segment, the host traditionally introduces the musical act. It's usually supposed to take, like, three to five seconds. I say this because the clip I'm about to send Tom is 40 seconds long. Oh, I cannot wait. You know what I would have done? I'm going to guess why he got kicked off, and it was because he started singing Temperature until he got kicked off the stage. Nope. Because that's exactly what I would have done. Oh, my God. Yep. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, everybody. All I've seen is uh, the thumbnail, and it's Adrian Brody. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Oh, Just watch it. Spoilers. Watch the clip. I will explain it while you watch it. For those of you who don't know, Sean Paul is a hip-hop artist from Jamaica. He is Jamaican. His passport says Jamaican. He is a Jamaican man. Oh, no! Adrian, no! I say this because right before introducing him, Adrian Brody appears wearing a dreadlock wig, uh, red, uh, red, yellow, and green sweatbands, which are the Jamaican color, and spoke with a fake Jamaican accent. He goes on speaking the patois for an uninterrupted 40 seconds, egged on by a stupid-ass crowd. It was a totally improvised performance, something Lorne Michaels absolutely despises. Nobody knows why he did it, and nobody knows why he did it, which to me deserves to be said twice. My personal favorite part is when he says, Respect the neck, respect my ankles. 
What do I even say to that? Yeah. <laughs> Did Sean Paul comment on this? Did Sean Paul? No one comment on this. It was 2003. You could get away with this shit. But Lauren Michaels banned him from the show because he's like, hey, not in my fucking house. Good. What the fuck, Adrian? Say what you will about Lauren Michaels, and I'll say that he's an egomaniac who's kind of not destroyed, but ruined lower de- uh, low in- lowest common denominator comedy, but then is kind of starting to get back in the game. Uh, making it cool again but i think should quit he's not like a racist like he he stands up for his ideals good job lauren michaels you're not a ra- you're, you're not a racist hey for a rich white man who's a big guy in new york that fucking means something to me tom fair enough and started the kids in the hall which is an amazing okay, canadian yeah. sketch group so while i do think he's an egomaniac and should quit he is important and that's my story Short but good. Yeah, wow, that was a took you for a turn, didn't it? Hefty climax, huh? Shocking ending. So uh, we have a new sponsor this week, as we always. It's not. It's not Gary Johnson again. I hope. No, no, no. We've milked. We've milked all the comedy from that by me just saying jeans, because <laughs> the dude wears jeans as if you can run for office when you wear fucking jeans. <laughs> but I don't want to get into that right now. Tom, times are dark right now. Very, yes. And it feels like we're on the brink of dystopia. Very much so. <laughs> and I don't know about you, but I don't I don't feel like I'm prepared for the dystopia. I am certainly not. How can how can we prepare ourselves? How can we arm ourselves? What are our tools of war in this coming time? Well, lucky for you, our new sponsor this week is Bugs Bug Out Bags. How many bugs? What type of bug? Do you know what a bug out bag is, Tom? No, no, no. Do you know what a bug out bag is? Yes, I, I used to have one when I was a kid. It had food and tin cups and a Lego set in case I got bored. So a bug out bag isn't just something you give a latchkey kid, I guess. <laughs> uh, a bug out bag is a bag to take when things are dire and you need to go now. Yeah. Um, luckily, the ICBMs are in the air, and you've got about, I calculated it out, about 25 to 30 minutes to get out of, say, the District of Columbia. Not only are the ICMs in the air, but Safeway only has ICB sodas, so it's even dire than we thought. Oh IBC. God, ICB sodas and Josta Cola. No! Why? Let the nuke hit me. I've, I've decided to die. Well, Tom, luckily, Bugs Bug Out Bags are even better than you could imagine. Because they What's are in them? crystal methamphetamine. Oh, good. <laughs> Literally, exactly only crystal methamphetamine. Well, because when you, when you are running out of the city and everybody else has the same idea, you have to make sure that you are stimulated, alert, and have a very loose moral compass. If you, if you <laughs> do all the meth... Oh my goodness! You will feel no. You will feel nothing when you run over when you run over that small family. Because <laughs> and, and, and you have to. Because if you don't, you don't want to get hit by the fallout. Four copies that I'm throwing at you because you stole my bag of crystal meth. And you'll need something to keep you going in the apocalypse. Something to ground you because because when the world falls apart, you need something keeping your go- keeping you going. And nothing keeps you going like a crippling addiction to drugs. Especially one as addicting as crystal methamphetamine. Yes. You can also use it to barter, but let's be honest, you're not going to want to do that after you've taken one hit of Bugs' glassy shards of (laughs) dewdrops and pie skies. Think of crystal meth as as the screwdriver that loosened the screws of your moral compass so that it breaks and doesn't work anymore. That way you can make decisions that'll surely just be for your benefit. And your benefit alone. You're going to want to lose a lot of weight. Listen, you're going to want to lose as much weight as you humanly can. When it's the dystopian age, it's also always bikini season. And you're going to need to look trim and fab to make sure that those warmongers on bicycles that are strapped with cow parts uh, leave you alone. I know, I know you're going to, it seems counterintuitive because the nuclear winter is very cold, yes, but it will be bikini season, believe you me, because, because the world will be coated by an ocean of sandy ash. Yes, and not only that, 
you're gonna wanna you're gonna wanna not be sober for the po- apocalypse. And maybe oh, yeah. if you do enough meth, you'll die. Liam, there's always a silver lining. There's always a silver lining, and sometimes that silver lining is made out of meth. Fun fact. Fun fact about me: my college town was the number two meth capital of the United States of America. Wow. My ex-girlfriend lived by a meth house, a meth cooking house. And they killed one of her dogs for going under their property. They were like in cahoots with the fucking cops. It was wild. Uh, so yeah, uh, based, so my friend Bug, as you can imagine, is just a meth dealer. And if you call him on his burner and just whisper <laughs> media majors, uh, he'll sprinkle a little uh, ch- <laughs> he'll sprinkle a little coriander in the meth to give it a nice uh, a nice little limey kick, a little Text- a little light cilantro text media majors to his beeper is that how beepers work i don't really know it's not but it's fine he is a burner (laughs) i'm young uh just like go into a boost mobile and ask them how bug is doing they'll probably know what you're talking about go to go behind target go behind the old target live near a target go behind one and buy math tom tell me a story uh, mine, mine is less of a uh, narrative about a person and more about a concept and idea. It's going to be one of those stories for me. Today, Liam, I thought we would talk about Booth Babes. Yeah! Into this! Liam, do you know what Booth Babes are? Booth Babes are um, models, essentially, that uh, get paid by conventions to cosplay or run booths or... Uh, you know, wait for Tom to stop making the horrible, dark, <laughs> earthly noises out of his mouth. I don't know Like a why cosmic my... horror. I don't know why my burps sound like... That sounded like H.P. Lovecraft was crawling out of your mouth. <laughs> and the worst part of this, though, this is the second burp we're going to have to keep in because we make jokes about it. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Is a term used to refer to women. Usually women. Men are called booth bros, but those are few and far between who are employed by brands to staff booths at trade shows. Cons. These women are uh, models or, or just hires looking for work. It's like it's like if you... I don't want to equate these two, but it's sort of like if you strip on the side where it's like stripping is not like your profession but like it's a quick way for somebody to make money support sex work yes i i'm sure you're you're shocked that we support sex workers based on our ultra liberal ideas (laughs) (laughs) we're basically two leftists so these women are models or just hires looking for work oh my god (laughs) did you eat a bag of burps (laughs) <laughs> I ate three quarters of a DiGiorno pizza. Oh, so yeah, you ate basically a bag of burps. Who are paid to dress in sexually revealing clothing, <laughs> usually themed around a product or brand. Not just video games. This is commonly associated with video games, uh, but sometimes it'll just be like, hey, we're here at CES, which is a tech technology convention. Here's the plasma screen TV booth babes. Like, my name's Nicole. Exactly. I actually have a 3.2, but no one believes me. <laughs> they are paid to make nice with oglers, customers, etc. Hi. This means um, putting. What will you? Will you just scowl at me? <laughs> Can you scowl at me, please? Please scowl at me. Don't run away. Scowl at me. That's my impression of um. Uh, people who go to these things just kidding everyone this means putting up with small talk and uh, most often taking photos with convention goers uh, it should be noted most of the photos i've seen and i've seen a lot of these because i read a lot of gaming magazines and have my whole life uh, most of the photos i've seen are with dudes occasionally women uh usually pointing at their boobs or whatever well i mean they're there to be pointed at they're not just like a part of someone's body. I wish I wish I could like I wish I could manipulate everyone's mind because one I would save the world for yeah. a huge mistake they made a couple days ago. And two, <laughs> I would make people equate um uh squirrels 
with boobs. Like those two would switch. So everyone would just be like super into squirrels and just like throwing acorns and boobs. So you want to turn people into like furries, right? Uh, no, I just want to cause mayhem and anarchy like the little Loki I am. Yeah. <laughs> you, you rascal. I name a dog Fenrir. I, I don't have a dog. And I would not name him Fenrir. I would name him Mortimer. So I can go, oh, Morty. <laughs> the idea is to entice male patrons to come check out and purchase the products being advertised. You could this entice is... male patrons with a bra that says, I was worn once, but here's the secret. It, you just bought that bra today at Target. And you've tricked everyone. This is this is sort of a subgenre of, of th- this practice. The other being spokesmodel, which is slightly different, and trade show model. Do you come with the car? She's heard for the thousandth time that oh day. Oh, God. That's one of my favorite Simpsons jokes is they're at a, uh, a car convention. And it's just a line of men, Homer included, asking the model, do you come with the car? And her always going, oh, you did. This has been <laughs> Liam Explains the Simpsons joke. The practice has been the subject of some controversy. Uh, as you might imagine, as you might imagine, for a number of reasons. Uh, because men are terrible? A very specific type of woman is selected. Young, usually college age. Uh, very buxom. Um, <laughs> very buxom. buxom? Do you mean buxom? <laughs> very book smart. No, yes. Knows a lot of books. With three-point Nicole and her three-point two. Don't call her three-point Nicole. Very, I say buxom, because I'm, I'm broken inside. So very buxom women. Very Buxom. Uh, Jesus. Thin, curvaceous. There we go. A regular Christina Hendricks. Yeah, it's it's this sort of like regular It's sort of the the regulation of beauty standards, you know, like this is this is nothing new to our culture. Um that doesn't make it less shitty though. Uh can I digress with a funny story? Go for it. Uh in my freshman year in high school, we had these things called freshman studies, which was basically like sex education, health education, social stuff. And there was one time where our freshman studies professor, teacher, whatever, uh, mm-hmm. talked about sex in advertising. And, you know, she showed us all these ads where it was like, yep, those are all vagina symbols. Like, we, yep. we know this. We are aware of what vaginas are. You are an <laughs> idiot. And then she showed us this ad that was just a picture of a backpack. And the ad literally said, like, this isn't an ad filled with sex or, su- or just some subliminal messages or, like, sexy models. It's just a backpack. And I remember my friend Al going, yeah, but I don't want to buy that backpack now. <laughs> and I just thought that was the funniest thing before. Yeah, nothing makes me want to fuck, I mean, buy that backpack. <laughs> Anyways, I just thought that was funny. Uh, also, also the, the, the fact that they're very young skews me out a little bit. Just because it's, it's, you know, everybody is allowed to make their own decisions, but a lot of folks get preyed on. But like, hey, I don't want to watch a 45-year-old ogle a 21-year-old. They're, it's just not what I want to do when I'm trying to, like, see what Deadpool's up to. Age, yeah, age is just, you know, age is just a number, and everybody's allowed to be with who they want to be with. But but the fact that it's, like, a trend to go for young women, it is the, that's what creeps me out. It's also, um, yes, age is a number, but so are uh, uh, the, the, the ages of consent. Yeah. <laughs> Those are very important numbers. Yeah. Age, age is also a number that represents how long you've been on this earth and, and is maybe slightly indicative of your cumulative experience. So, Oh, Tom, Tom, the, the Catholics pulled out. They're no longer sponsoring our show. <laughs> <laughs> After the Sinead O'Connor and this, they, they want nothing to do with us. This practice is also predicated on the idea that uh, men, heterosexual men like you and I, because make no mistake, this is aimed at heterosexual men and nobody else. Yep. Uh, that we are that we are just walking engorged penises. That that we are just like these these horned up demon monsters who just need to and want to fuck constantly, all the time, ever. Uh, I hate this idea. I hate this idea with a uh, uh, strong and burning. Then passion. I guess you hate biology. Just kidding. <laughs> just, just Josh and everyone. If that's what biology means, then fuck biology. Nah, dude. Biology proves love exists. Animals love each other. Eagles mate for life. Caca. It also relegates women to sexualized decoration, quite literally. Like, I don't see how you could present any sort of counter argument to be like, no, no, no. Like. 
you're the real sexist for seeing them as sexual decoration. Like, no, like, literally, that's what they are. That's what they are supposed yeah, to be. Yeah, it's not, I mean, it's, it's, I think it's one of these things, so, like, if it if it was at, if it was if it was at their if it was their own booth babe company you know what i mean yeah if it's oh, well, a... well i want to i want to get into, into okay yeah never mind never mind just keep yeah. going just keep going and, yeah i i should say i should say i keep i keep kind of like talking about the booth babes as though like this is their fault it is not their fault do mm-hmm. not get mad at models or people who are just trying to make money um be mad at the culture and the trends that cause this stuff and don't provide alternative opportunities for people. I had a um, girl in a writing class who used to be in the um, uh, in the modeling industry, and she's a great writer, and mm-hmm. she wrote some of the most fucked up, disturbing uh, stories I've ever read. And she wrote this one play where I had to, I was always casted as this really creepy character, <laughs> and I had to read him every week, man. And it was like... <laughs> Oh fuck! He was a he was a dude who was like a, a a teenage model agent, so it was like scenes of me talking to thirteen and fourteen year old girls while they're oh, like Jesus. sitting. On, yeah, it was awful. I, I I mean, it's great because it was like great drama and it was very well written. But like yeah. my 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 note for the character was like every week I read this I die a little bit inside. Like it's <laughs> it's legitimately getting very hard to read this. At the same time, I'm egotistical enough. Please don't cast anybody else. <laughs> yeah. So do not get mad at, at booth babes. They are, especially if they want to do it, it's their choice. And so this is it's... so like this is so strange. But there's a quote from Rush Hour that I think completely sums up everything. Oh, do do tell Liam what is this quote from the film Rush Hour that, uh, that I believe Chris Tucker says. says it, yelling at Jackie Chan. He says, "Man, I told you." Behind everything is an old, rich, white guy. Okay, yeah. That's no, who we right. always have to... No, that's the thing. That has stuck with me. I So, uh, there are a bunch of movies that I, like, watched during my childhood that I call senior family classics that I just, like, watched and watched and watched. Rush Hour was one of these movies, so was the original <laughs> Charlie's Angels. Uh, it explains a lot about my personality. <laughs> yeah. um, but, like, that line that Chris Tucker says has always stuck with me because, in my experiences... 100% of the time it's turned out to be true. No, yeah, you're totally you're totally right. Continue. So what I'm saying is don't blame the models, blame the skizos and douchebags that run the agencies and yeah. the companies that barter with the agencies, which is and the basically the culture that, that makes this happen. Yeah. Which is basically glorified sex trading without like the actual sex, but we don't need to get into that. Yeah. This yeah, is a not- much this this is a much more complex topic than uh but I'm glad that we're at least acknowledging the complexities. Exactly, yeah. There, like, listen to that. I'll say this. We may get into some, like, heavy shit, and we're definitely no e- experts, but I think I think We want to try. We wanna yeah, try. we want to try, and we want to just at least acknowledge that things are, ne- there are never black and white, except for when evil is always an old rich white man, because that it, it is. It is yeah. that. <laughs> also, another, another problem with this, uh, uh, is that it con- it contributes to a really bad scene for women, not just booth babes, but women cosplayers, etc., who go to these conventions. Uh, women get mistaken for booth babes and are approached and accosted oh, when they. Oh no! Uh, I didn't uh, even use... think of that. Right? Yeah, yeah. Like oh, cosplayers. That. Oh man, that legitimately bummed me out. Yeah, Fuck. like who might be wearing like like a cami suit. Cami, for anybody who doesn't know, is a Street Fighter character who wears this like very tight green leotard and you can see like most of her butt it's a fighting game like just they're, blame yeah. the culture not the yeah so so people will get accosted and because booth babes are paid to be friendly, friendly. to oh god if, if somebody rebukes a uh 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 congo or they'll get pissed off at these people and be like what the fuck is your problem also in addition to that even if even if they the congoers understand that they aren't booth babes there's because they're paid to be friendly, it contributes to the idea that, like, oh, like, you're a woman who's in a sexy outfit. All I have to I'm do is be nice com- to you, and I earn something out of this. Yeah, pay yeah, attention fuck to me. that like, shit. I deserve, like, oh. It also, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it sets the precedent also for, like, hey, just, like, go up to a woman you find attractive and take a fucking picture. Like, who gives a shit? Why should you care about her privacy? It's just the worst. 
It's bad for female employees working a booth, uh, again, because they'll get mistaken for booth babes, or they'll be flat out ignored in favor of booth babes. Can I start saying, I'm going to start calling them BBs, because if I have to say booth, booth babe one more time, my tongue is going to jump out of my mouth <laughs> and, kill and fucking itself. run away. <laughs> exactly. People will assume that these employees uh, don't have tech experience uh, because BBs are not there to know about the product. They're there to say, hey, hey, customer, what's up? Come check out this product that I know like the name of, and that's pretty much it. Also, that that is probably also due to the prevalent cultural attitude that women don't understand tech and video game shit, which is also stupid. They're employees at the fucking company. They know way more than you do. Dummy. Uh, I'm, I can point to a specific incident of controversy. I'm going to send you something, Liam. I'm going to send you something grotesque today as well. Oh, boy. It's the Sin to Win campaign for Dante's Inferno. You remember? We oh, talked no. About that. Oh, no to all of the words I just heard. Yep. Mm-hmm. That sentence got worse and worse every single word you said. I'm going to ooh look at this. I'm just going to send you the promotional poster. Oh no. Listeners, I'm I'm really scared. Okay, I'm clicking on it. Doesn't seem so bad. Oh no, it's bad. It's very bad. <laughs> oh, I was wrong, listeners. It, it I oh, oh, it's so bad. It's oh, I so didn't realize bad. how bad. Oh no. Okay, okay. So listeners, I saw it first as a little uh, little thumbnail on Skype and I thought it was just like a tan background and a skull and then some text <laughs> underneath. And, and it's like, oh, that's not what it. Okay. And then immediately I open it up and no, it's skull next to two like clearly naked devil babes with their asses out. And then I realize again, it's not a tan background. It's cleavage. <laughs> the background is cleavage. And this is a Just real a tortured oubliette you're going through. Oh, boy. That was... Ugh. Well, you haven't even picked up on other parts of it. So so this is the Sin to Win campaign. Uh, the reward for this campaign, ran by Electronic Arts, a video game publisher, ah! is, is a night with the hottest girl at Comic-Con. Dinner, Dinner booty, booty, and, and more. more. Fucking Dante's Inferno has nothing to do with pirates, you they, idiot. Right? Right? That's so dumb. Booty. Like, literally later on the thing, they say a chest full of booty. That's not pirates, dude. And the joke, the joke is like, haha, women's chests and booty his butt. But it's a pirate thing, and Dante's Inferno make... is about going to hell. Dante's Inferno was written before pirates fucking existed. That's probably not true. So, listeners, just in case uh, you didn't think this could get any worse, I'm going to tell you how to win this competition. I don't want to win. Step one, commit acts of lust. Take photos with us or any booth babe. No. Two, prove it. What? Tweet at Pixar, the... it didn't happen. Tweet at the thing. Stage three, repeat. Find more babes for more chances to win. One hand. It's not delivery, Tom. God, I was sitting on that since the second burp. (laughs) One hand-picked winner gets dinner and a sinful night with two hot girls, a limo service, paparazzi, and the aforementioned chest full of booty. So, so I want to die. So, so people were encouraged to, to like, take pictures but lots of folks interpreted this differently as like hey like kiss booth babes because like that's what commit an act of lust is yep uh and and also like hey like we'll we're gonna give you like a sinful night with two hot babes like that's basically implying that they are gonna fuck you so and i don't think that they will so that was a whole debacle. Um, EA eventually apologized for that, but like, how the, how does that get past like an entire marketing team? Because it was filled with men and not women. I hate, I hate marketing. Yeah, I marketing really, sucks. Really do not like marketing people. I think no, that awful. Yeah. Okay, so another thing about booth babes, uh, they don't fucking work. BBs. It doesn't work. They're supposed to get you 
more profits because because apparently we're all so fucking horny that we'll just buy your shit if you throw tits in our face. <laughs> Ow! Stop stop throwing tits at me. Ow! Uh, somebody tested this out. Uh, the full article with all the like specific uh, tech and economic jargon is on TechCrunch by a guy named Spencer Chen, but I'll give you the cliff notes. Uh, he uh, him and his company, some like IT company, were had a booth at like CES or some convention. Right. And then somebody called him and was like, hey, we've got an extra booth. Do you want a second booth? And he was like, oh, shit, I can test this out. So at one booth, they hired, pro- quote, professional uh, booth babe. Oh, that girl's in I've left. Oh, that was horrifying to watch. Uh, professional. Oh, it jumped back in his mouth. <laughs> BB talent. And uh, the other just had professional show contractors. The, the BB booth. Uh, generated a third of the traffic, measured in conversations and demos, and less than half the leads measured by a swiped badge or completed contact form as the other booth, as the non-BB booth. All right, now pretend I was listening but didn't understand any of that. Cliff noted even further. Proceed. So, so traffic, I mean, like, conversations and, like, a tech demo where they just, like, show a potential buyer a contractor whatever like Uh here's our program here's our tech here's our like wireless router say like i worked in it and and Uh and so like cisco comes and is like okay we have two booths and he's like okay let me see that thong (laughs) and uh cisco internet shows up and they sell like wireless routers they sell wireless shit Uh so they're like okay let's do two booths one has the bbs and the other does not more people went to the one that didn't more people more people went to the one that didn't and leads are are like if a if another company like if like a college goes and it's like oh like we want to expand our wireless program here's our contact information we'll fill out a form let's stay in contact that's a lead gotcha because that's because you're trying to sell your technology to them right so and and the other the non BB booth also generated triple the leads from the previous year, which makes sense because if the BB booth had a third of the traffic as the non BB booth, and that uh, that that would make sense if if in previous years they had BBs, and now this year at the one they don't, they tripled it comparatively a third. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, Mr. Spencer, Mr. Chen posits a few theories as to why this is. These are his words, not mine. Some of them I agree with, but there's one in particular uh, that I uh, that is kind of condescending. So oh, one boy. is that bo- uh, that BBs are intimidating. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I like this is this has happened to a lot of people. Unless like you're a like a, a perfect human specimen and you know it. Like you're, and even if you are, like you're probably yeah. intimidated to talk to somebody who you think is like more attractive than you are. People it, are like, really intimidated to talk to me. Yeah, I mean, like, fuck, like I'm, like, I'm gorgeous. I kind of struggle to talk to strangers as it is. I'm like, cut from fucking Grecian marble. Yeah, it, it's stressful. It's stressful to talk to people. It's stressful to talk to people in those scenarios. It's also got that added layer of awkwardness where it's like, I know you're just being paid to be nice to me. This is kind of awkward. Like. I, I like I'm attracted to you. I'm supposed to ogle you, and you know that. Like it, that is weird. That's There's, so weird. There, yeah, that is. Why a can't whole, we just have conversations with people? Yeah, it is a whole confused sexual oubliette. Here's the one that made me kind of a little eyebrow raise. He says that quote, uh, "Booth babes are lazy." Oh come on! Basically, Asshole. his logic was like. They're not paid to care about the products. They don't know anything about the products. They just kind of like hang around and and like they aren't involved and they're not very hard workers because they don't have to be because they just have to stand there. And that's kind of bullshit. I mean, I'm sure I'm sure there are booth babes who who are like fuck this because like it's a pretty cynical business practice. But like I don't want to write off an entire group of people who are in a strange position. Agreed. Also, business and product executives don't talk to booth babes, apparently. Huh. Uh, uh, BBs were unable to hold the attention of execs for the time required for, for like an IT person to finish with one customer and then pull in the executives. 
So like the the booth babes would be engaging the executive in conversation, and the executive would get bored and move on by the time space had opened up for them to actually see the product, which was what they were there for. Booth babes also attract lower quality leads, he says. Young, inexperienced dudes who are usually kind of fast and loose, read drunk, uh, <laughs> usually the type of folks who were kind of like new hires, someone our age, like just getting into the business, who didn't really have the authority to follow through on leads, even if they were able to make them. Uh-huh. So that that all would contribute to, to these numbers. And, and you'll notice that all of this has been secondhand. There's not been any sort of firsthand accounts from any booth babes or people oh, that so work in that industry i was about to say like i i we have not heard a peep from these bbs yeah there's I didn't mean for that to rhyme <laughs> <laughs> there's not a lot I, and i would imagine that's because if they're worried that if they spoke out that they would get fired because apparently like a lot of them know each other especially in the area like like in certain convention areas like las vegas or or like san diego if you're like a booth babe in San Diego, you kind of all know each other. Everybody kind of knows you and you don't want to talk bad about your industry or you won't get a job. And that can be the difference between like making groceries or making rent. Uh, however, I did find uh, one venture beat article interview where this uh, author, she spoke with a couple models uh, who only gave the interview under protection of an in anonymity. Mm hmm. I hate this article, by the way. Oh, boy. It, it does that thing. It does that thing that the worst interviews do where they open by talking about, like, how fuckable this person is. Like, like okay. The, it opens with a quote. They won't even approach me. It's almost like they're scared. First non-quote sentence. The ravishing brunette in front of me is in her early to mid-20s. Her makeup is flawless. Gross. She compares her to a Victoria's Secret model. It's like that Margot Robbie thing. Like, yeah, I was about if to you're say. Doing an interview, like I've learned nothing about the person. Like, describe the 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 person. Like, you, four, four now. Oh, we're keeping them all in. You fro yeah, gross bullfrog. <laughs> so the the a common common thread amongst the people this this author talked to is that. Dudes are nervous to talk to booth babes, probably for all the reasons that we said earlier. The ones that aren't afraid are weird. Ooh. There's a, one of the quotes. You kind of wonder where your photo is going to end up. I had one guy take a picture of me while I was wearing nude fishnets. Then, after he took the photo, he wanted to talk to me about his pantyhose fetish. Uh, so, listen, thank you so much again for taking the photo with me. That was so nice of you. I'm going to, I'm going to jack off to this. Like I am going to fervently, minutes. fervently masturbate to this. And, you know, man, can I talk to you about my pantyhose fetish? Because I have not been able to talk to anybody about it. And I feel like you and I are just <laughs> really hitting it off right now. Like, I really get this sense. Is this just me? Is it just, like, my giant erection in these uh, Sonic the Hedgehog sweatpants? <laughs> Another common complaint is that uh, is of creepers who just take photos without even asking. They're like they're there for you to take photos with them. Ask them, just ask them. And and this is the same thing with cosplayers too. Like you can ask. You are allowed to ask a person in an attractive cosplay outfit if you can take a photo of them. Partially because a lot of those outfits take a lot of effort and time and are awesome. Yeah, and they're really good. If I went to a, if I went to a, a convention, I've never been to a con. If I went to a con and I saw someone dressed up as like Princess Daisy and they were wearing like a legitimate gown and like got the jewelry and all that stuff and it was amazing. I just chose a random video game. Or character. like Tracer, like Tracer. Tracer. Uh that that I wouldn't take a picture of. Tracer bothers me because <laughs> she's basically they built her ass first. But yeah, like she's she's more like overtly sexualized, but like Lots of people really like that design, and that design is very cool, and it is, like, totally fine to go up to a cosplayer and be like, hey, I like your outfit. You look really good. Is it all right if I took a picture with you? Like, don't collect photographs of women, but if you really appreciate a cosplay outfit, like, you are allowed to ask that question. That is... Like and and if they say no, then don't take the fucking picture, yeah, my guy. That's that's the caveat, though. If yeah. they say no, you got to be like, okay, sorry, uh, thank you for considering. Yeah, and thank you so much. Leave. 
uh, yeah, have a good day. Love the outfit. Yeah. Also, another another thing is uh, older crowds are off are more respectful. Apparently, the younger ones quote the younger ones in previous years used to ask for my number a lot. Hey guys, don't ever ask for someone's number if they are being paid paid to interact with you. What's the what's Never, the McElroy ever. rule? If it is if it is at their place of business, do not ask for their fucking number. You would not ask your cashier at the goddamn Kroger for their fucking number. You would not ask the bartender for their fucking number. Like ugh. A recent conventions and and that's okay, that is it. Like that is all that I found from Booth ba- from BBs? from Booth Babes. From Jesus. Booth Babes. That was all that I found was this incredibly short, fucking atrociously written article that does the same, like, dehumanizing shit that the article gets mad about. It is, like, that was it. That's so weird. I'm sure, I'm sure I could find more if I went on a deeper dive, but, like, y'all, I was just lying in bed for two days watching funny videos. Like, I, I, I put this it's together. It's been rough. Today. Yeah. Recent conventions have outright banned booth babes. I, I remember uh, Penny Arcade Expo is being a, uh, taking a very staunch stance against this, being like, "Hey, we do not allow this at our con. Uh, at our con, we just don't." Uh, but, but not all, not all have banned them. CES continues to allow them, though they have added a disclaimer saying, "Recent news articles show that booth babes can reflect poorly on your exhibit." So we ask that you give this thoughtful consideration to avoid alienating or offending various audience segments, which is the most pussyfoot way of saying don't be a fucking creep. Gross. I hate everybody. And my nails are chipping. Yeah. That's just where we are. There's not a lot A lot of, if any, firsthand information, uh, which is a bullshit. I can't, I can't believe, I can't believe... Because so many journalist outlets have been decrying this practice for so long. I can't believe that nobody, like, talked to one of these people. I mean, I'm sure somebody had to have tried, and I'm sure there are reasons that there are not a ton of interviews, but, like, there's, like, none. There's, like, none. I don't know. That's weird that there isn't any. Yeah. That. And and here's the thing. And here's something I wanted to talk about. Is, like. Was it Jesus? Well, cause, cause, cause. Well, kind of. I mean, like, I, I, I'm not. We're not like puritanical people. Like, we well, like cosplay stuff. Like, we, we've been like, yeah, like every, like everybody's allowed to like wear what they want to wear and do what they want to do. And if somebody, like, as long as they're not hurting anybody. Exactly. But also, just you know, I think a lot of people, people are definitely being taken advantage of in this situation. For sure. um, by con goers and by the the man behind the man behind the man behind the throne, everybody's allowed to wear what they want to wear. Like there's nothing inherently wrong with the fact that booth babes are like sexual or sexualized. There's a problem with the notion that like they're doing it for a paycheck, not because they want to. Yes. Yeah. Support sex. Yeah, and, like, if somebody was, like, my dream is to be a booth babe, then, like, that is fucking awesome. And they are 100% allowed to do it. But I, I don't know how many people there are who are like that. I mean, maybe there are. And that's the thing is there's no... There's no evidence. We don't know. We no don't one's know. talked. If you're a BB, contact us at mediamajorspodcast at gmail.com. Or yeah, really, though. Cast, whichever one it is. I, I mean, anonymity will be promised, like... Yeah, dude. Yeah, anonymity is promised. Anybody, anybody... Maybe this maybe this would be a good segue into the outro. Yeah. So things are like not good right now. Nope. And we want to work hard to be good allies. And we want to be able to tell stories uh, from marginalized groups. And and I think that we want to make a real push to to tell like like real stories from from women trans folk people of color etc who in, in in our industries that definitely malign these people and and marginalize them so like if if you have a story you can choose to remain anonymous you you don't have to if you want to we will guarantee your anonymity if um, you want to tell it you know we'll yeah we can set something up because exactly. i totally totally understand if if you feel that 
two straight white cis guys like aren't <laughs> adequately uh, yeah which is totally experience. completely 100 percent fair yeah. but if you're like hey i would like you to tell this story you know i we would be more than happy to yeah or even it's like hey i know of this story look into it exactly so anything like that uh you can contact we got our first comment on the website did you see you you probably have you seen that it's on the uh uh, last episode eric was on i think they were referring to daddy gate because they went that they go read the comment it's weird it's a weird one everybody but yeah we wanna i don't know there aren't enough opportunities for for marginalized groups to make their voices be heard and that's going to be even harder for, for the next four years yeah for some time and we want to do everything we can to counteract that so media majors at podcast nope nope <laughs> media majors podcast at gmail.com yeah yeah um and you can also contact us through the website yeah exactly which is media majors cast.com all right are we done plugs plugs yeah, I'd like to plug Tom's burps. Um, they're <laughs> horrible to hear through headphones, and they make me laugh. No. Uh, oh, so we did junk. Uh, junk went uh, went well, so I might put it up on YouTube, so you might be able to watch it. But I might not, so who knows. Boys Night stuff, still there. I'm in some of it. Watch it. Uh, Luke Strickler's videos. I do the music and appear in a couple. Uh, Turd Burger specifically is a fun one. Uh, Sore Dinosaur is my music. Please listen to it. It's on Bandcamp. Um, Shmanime Podcast. Listen to it. And Musty TV should be coming out in the next couple months. Tom's turn. All right. I put out videos. I put out analytical videos on uh, video games and I did a vlog recently on, on game culture. If you, if you want to know part of the reason why we're here today under this ghoulish res- regime, um, look up my video, how Gamergate influenced, how hashtag Gamergate influenced the alt-right. It's like a three-minute short vlog talking about how Gamergate was like the proto-movement to the alt-right. Um, also check out Your Boy Explains, Dead Rising, uh, zombie fiction and games as satire that's a longer video that's a lot more in the style of like uh plinket reviews but no rape jokes <laughs> um no one's trapped in your basement except yeah for exactly you. where i'm analyzing uh games from a literary perspective uh follow us on twitter media majors cast or follow at media majors cast follow our personal twitter Yep. Visit the website, contact us, all that fun stuff. Exactly. All right. And as always, we'll be be there there for for you. you. (coughs) I like to not sing the tune.